The Manage Smarter Show is brought to you by SalesQuid, the app that helps salespeople discover why they miss quota and what to do about it. Find out more at salescred.com. Welcome to the Manage Smarter Podcast with hosts C. Lee Smith and Audrey Strong. We're glad you're here for discussions on new ways to manage smarter, hire, develop, and retain talent, improve results, and propel team performance to new heights. This is the Manage Smarter Podcast. One topic in the three years of doing this podcast, Lee, that we really haven't touched on very much is financial management of Mm -hmm. the business, not your personal, but the business. Yeah, it's so important because everything that we do has an impact on the financials and the financials pretty much is how people get paid and how people, you know, uh, know, create opportunities for advancement and allows the company to, to grow and thrive. So unless we're keeping our eye on the financials and the impact that we have on the financials or something like that, it impacts us directly eventually. So welcome to Manage Smarter Financials. <laughs> I'm Audrey Strong. Yeah. yeah, I'm the Vice President of Communications here at Sales Fuel. And I'm the CEO of Sales Fuel. I'm C. Lee Smith. So Jody Grunden is the perfect guest to educate us today on this. Co-founded Summit CPA Group in 2002 and merged with Anders CPAs and Advisors in 2022. Summit, Mm -hmm. now a division of Anders, the first fully distributed accounting firm as the leading provider of virtual CFO services in North America. Summit provides professional virtual CFO services for more than 100 companies here in the U.S., helping business owners dive deep into the financial side of their business to maximize profits, minimize taxes. Ooh, we like that. And (laughs) increase cash flow. So Jody, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All right. So you have the four most important financial metrics for growing your business. What are they? Yeah, four four metrics. Pretty simple. First ones are our cash metrics. Um, second one's production metrics. Then we have what we call financial metrics. And then the uh, rounding it out is the pipeline metrics. So we've got four that really work together. Uh, the cash metric is pretty simple. Uh, we, we tell people that you need to have at least 10% of your annualized revenue in the bank at all times. So for a service-based company, if you're three million bucks, the math is pretty simple. We want you to have about three hundred thousand dollars available for for opportunities, for risk, you know, for everything that, that goes along with it. And if you kind would of you do, uh, would you say that cash flow is even more important than profit? Hundred percent. Well, like profit profit allows you to have cash flow, right? That's right. Yeah, but cash yeah. flow is the is the key. You got to have uh, fluidity with your cash and. And that ten percent is huge, right? Because you know when you when you when you when you're making decisions, you don't want to be making them uh, by emotion. You want to you want to take the emotion completely out of the decision making process, and that's what cash allows you to do. Because you know we, we you know we, you could ask two different people. You know, one of our CFOs, you could ask them, hey, you no, know, hey, should I should I you know hire this person? And and I I could look at that situation and say, yeah, absolutely. Another CFO could look at that situation and say, absolutely not. And really, the common denominator is how much cash you have available. You know, do you have do you have that risk availability? And so that's where cash is the uh, I would say the the number one, and that's why we always start with the the, the number one metric to make sure that you you work on. Our, our average client has about fifteen percent, so ten percent is about two months worth of expenses. Thirty percent is about six months. So you want somewhere between two to six months of expenses, and that's why we say cash uh, is the number one. Let's talk about the other metrics. Yeah. Yeah. So the the other metrics are, are going to be really based on your on your production. So production metrics would be number two, and with production metrics, that's how we develop a forecast. And the forecast is a very extremely important part of any process. And you, you really everybody really needs to have one. 
Uh, and what I mean by forecast is it, it doesn't mean that you, you work on it in November, December, and then all of a sudden, you know, you put it away and you revisit every, every once in a while at the end of the year, you compare to see how well you did. That's not what I consider a forecast. I, I, want, I want our clients to have a, a dynamic look at their financials all the time. So every single month, our, 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 you know, basically what we do is we take all the actuals, blend it up against this forecast and see what did life do to us? You know, did life improve things going forward? Now, now what's our cash position going to look like six months from now, 12 months from now, a year from now, two years and so forth? You know, did it go up? Did it go down? You know, and, and that, that's all part of this modeling. And so the metric that we look at are the production metrics based upon what type of organization you are. So if you're a service-based company, you're probably looking at hours, utilization rates, you know, different things that really you can really impact on that forecast. If you're if you're more of a maybe a construction company or a repair shop, maybe you're looking for automobiles coming in, dollar amount per automobile, and things that you actually have control over. The, the important part of this metric or this the forecasting side of it is you, you don't want to just simply stick 10% up there and say, oh, I'm magically gonna hit 10%, you know, in revenue or increase revenue over the years. You want to you want to dial it in so that you actually have control over it. So maybe it's you know I'm going to have instead of 20 trucks going through a month in my repair shop, maybe I'm going to try to get 25. Now now I can control that and I've got something that I can actually base my actual financial forecast on. So if I, you know I, I would say metrics are are the, are the biggest part. Production metrics are, are super important to understand what those metrics are for your business. How do the financial metrics differ? From uh, from the first thing we talked about. Yeah, so now the financial metrics, what we're doing there is it's more towards the budgeting side. So what we're doing is we're, we've tied the revenue. We've, we've identified what our revenue is going to be, you know, based on what kind of drivers we have. Now we're going to look and see, hey, what are the expenses that we have in administration and facility and marketing uh, that we have that's going to complement what, what, we, what we just put together there? Because of the bottom line, you want to have at least a 15% margin for really any service-based company. We, we say that 10% is break even. So if you don't have 10% bottom line, you're doing something wrong. And, and, you know, Lee, like you were talking about earlier, you know, the cash metric is important, but that if you don't have 10%, you're not going to grow cash. You know, it, it's not going to happen. It's going to be so slow. It, it, you need it. So that 10% is what we consider that bottom line metric. And so once you've got your revenue, then you kind of break down your administration costs. Facilities usually about four and a half percent, somewhere in that ballpark. You know, marketing could be anywhere between you know seven to eleven percent, depending upon how aggressive you want to get with your marketing, you know, sales and marketing. And then your overall administration should should basically fall into it. So you've got your 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 revenue, you've got your direct costs involved into it, which are typically about fifty percent for a sales organization uh, or a service organization. And then you've got another thirty-five uh, percent, which is the combined facility, marketing, and admin costs, dropping it down to that 15%. Now, obviously you can tweak it to wherever you want to get it to 20%, 25%, but there's got to be a give and take, you know, somewhere in that model there. So the financial metrics kind of sure up that bottom line for you. Then That's that really important then too, because it's like, you know, we got wages are going up because we have to be competitive in maintaining our talent or recruiting new talent. We have inflation going on. Yes, and of course, taxes never seem to go down. They only, even though it's like you've got some tips on how to make that happen, but you know th those are costs that seem to increase every single year. And if we don't have that margin, we're going to fall behind very quickly. Oh, and it's important to really dial into that margin every single month. I just had a client meeting just a few minutes ago, and we're talking about you know, hey, what just happened last month that's really going to impact it? You know, what what we had planned last month completely changed. They lost a big client opportunity, and so now we're dialing in and say, okay, it's so now now what's going to happen here? 
that that hire we're going to have in May, we don't need them in May anymore. We need that person maybe in September. You know, so we're pushing things back there because what we want to do is we want to make sure that no matter what life does to us, we still end up with that 15% bottom line. And the important part is having that control over it on a regular basis, not not, not an after the fact thing. It, sh- it shouldn't be you get to the end of the year and, and you ask, well, how did we do for the year? You know, that, that should never be the case. You know, you should know what it is all the way through. And that's how you really grow a company is, is really have control over those uh, th- those non-financial indicators and, and really have a, a solid forecast. It sounds to me like what you're saying is agility is super important here when it comes to these metrics. Yeah, to, to be able to react. And, and it happened a lot with our with the folks that went through the pandemic. You know, we we... You know, we, you know, there's a lot of folks that, that really didn't have control over their finances. They get in there and then it's like, oh, no, what do we do? You know, whereas if you had control over, you're looking at it on a regular basis now, way before the pandemic, the pandemic hits. It's just a matter of, OK, so now what do we do? You know, here, here's, you know, it, it's a calm, it's, it's a calm situation. You're changing things pretty quickly. You're making those decisions there, but you're, you're, you've got that cash reserve in order to make them and take your time in making them, not doing a knee-jerk reaction. So the agility is super important. And I'm a sales guy, so pipeline metrics is very uh, yeah, near and dear to my heart. Let's talk more about that. Yeah, so so now now we've developed this really cool forecast, right? The forecast is based on your capacity, right? The build that your, your team is built to actually to have. Now with a service-based company, you have to look at the pipeline itself and, see, and match that up against the forecast in order for you to determine, is that forecast solid? Do we need to make tweaks? Because no matter, you know, because if you create this great forecast, but you don't have the pipeline to support it, it's not going to do any good. And so that's where you actually match up the, the, the next three months. And so we, we, we say looking, looking past three months with your pipeline is really tough because a lot, it starts getting really fuzzy math, math at that point. But with, that, with those first three months, those are the key months there. So what we do is we create that forecast based on capacity. Then we take the pipeline metrics and we say, you know what, we're actually going to exceed that. And so then we increase our forecast. You know, we increase it based over capacity. And now our decision making is how are we going to support that with our team? Do we have to hire more people? Is it short term, long term? Or it could be the opposite where maybe our forecast or, or pipeline doesn't substantiate our forecast in the next three months. And we've got to do the opposite. You know, okay, so now what? You know, we, we have to brace ourselves for maybe not having a great you know, March or April, like we thought we were going to have, or, you know, how can we, how can we improve today to make sure it is a great March or April? Do we have to let somebody go? Do we have to do something different? Do we have to fill in the gap with a, with a, with a, with a opportunity sales that maybe isn't as profitable, but it fills that gap in order for it to, to really kind of help us out. So, the, you know, the, that's where the pipeline is so important to kind of fit, fit in with those four, four different metrics, going from cash production, financial, and then wrapping it up with the pipeline metrics themselves. Of the four, which one seems to be the most problematic for most managers? Problematic, I, I would say, is probably the cash metric. Um, ah, the cash okay. metric is problematic because a lot of times when we when when a client will come to us, they'll maybe they have four percent of their you know their money in the bank and not a lot, and you're like, you know, they they don't they don't really see the tunnel. It's like, well, I I'd love to have ten percent. Of course, everybody should have ten percent. That that's great. But but they but they don't really they can't get out of their way they can't see how to get to get to that thing and so that's the most problematic until you have that forecast because once you have that forecast designed in there you're building it towards that ten now you see the light now you see the pathway to get there and, and then and then that kind of erases it so the cash is initially it but once the forecast is in play that that kind of goes away. Let's say you're a sales manager and you're dealing with a CFO that wants to make cuts and they want to make cuts in the things that you need to make money. 
you know, and so it's making your job more difficult than to, to generate cash. Uh, you know, what advice can you give to a sales manager to be able to have a conversation with a CFO that they'll actually listen to? Yeah, it, that's important because marketing is the key of driving all revenue. And especially when times are bad, marketing, the bu marketing budget should never be cut. It, it shouldn't, if it's, it could be trimmed maybe, but not cut. And that, and that's important concept. So as, as the, as the marketing manager or the, you know, CMO or, or whatever that title is, I, I would have a very bold conversation with the CFO explaining the importance of this and how it's going to drive revenue, maybe not immediately, but it's going to keep things afloat once we get out of this six month, you know, downturn or whatever that might be. So it's just that you just have to have confidence and you have to understand that, hey, this is what drives the company's revenue, not just right now, but, you know, going forward. What's that sound like? What does it sound like? Like it, when, when talking to the CFO? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it would have to be, you know, to the point, you know, you'd, you'd have to you'd just basically have that conversation. You know, the conversation could be something like, you know, hey, here's what here, here's what marketing has driven. So in the past, we've always had 11 percent of our, of our dollars going to marketing. And here's the annualized sales, the, the sales increases that we've had over the over the past, you know, past year, two years, whatever. So showing them what you what 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 marketing's actually driven to really kind of build that, and then reinforcing then, you know, that we need to keep the dollars there, or maybe we need to increase dollars in marketing right now in order to really kind of sustain it through this this level. Never would I would I go in approaching and agreeing to do a big huge cut uh, for marketing because marketing dollars is, is key to to revenue growth. So when talking to numbers, people will use numbers. Yeah, absolutely. Use numbers and start with what those numbers have actually achieved in the past. Yep. And be exceedingly polite. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they hold the hatchet. Yeah. No, no, no. Nice knowing you. No. Um, <laughs> Lee, what did you want to ask about startups? Yeah, with startups, it's like, you know, uh, you know th there's a little bit of confusion over, you know, terms like TAM, SAM, SOM. Uh, but really important then for startups and to actually define what that is going forward, whether you're talking to potential investors or you're just trying to like try to determine, hey, is this a good idea going forward? It's not just for startups of new companies, but I also kind of feel like if you're going to try to launch a new product within your own your existing company or whatever, these are numbers or metrics that you need to really get a handle on. Can you explain that then uh, for the layman that, that may have not heard those terms before? Yeah, that's a that's a kind of tough one to to kind of explain throughout. You know, TAM, you know, basically is your your total addressable market, and 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 with that, you've got your service addressable market, and then your SOM is your you know basically your obtainable market, and so basically each one of them, you know, is a template driving onto the next in order to to uh, to get to get that stage. Um, it, it's a super, it, yeah. It's 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 a super important one to understand, but it's really a, a difficult one overall to to explain. I can uh, like look at it as a, as a funnel. Your, your your TAM total addressable market. That's what's yep. out there. You know, total. And then your your SAM is basically you, you're going down the funnel a little bit. Okay, it's like that's the worldwide number, but we we only serve North America or something like that. So that yeah. that drills it down a little further. And then, you know, th then with the Psalm e even further so that you actually are getting more realistic I ideas. I think the problem that a lot of people run into, even with the with the forecasting you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. with the pipeline stuff is rose colored glasses. Yep. Yeah. So so like like if, if I were a brand new startup company and let's say that I was a beer that I wanted to get into the beer beer, beer industry of some sort, okay. you know, 
the first thing I'm going to look at is, you know, what kind of market does the beer industry have? Maybe it's craft beer. So the craft beer industry in America is X amount of dollars. And so then I'm going to look and say, well, I can't obviously tap into the entire thing. My marketing engine is not designed for nationwide. So then I narrow it down to maybe the Midwest region. And that's where you get, you're, you're narrowing it down and down and say, you know what, that is, is reasonable. I, I can still make a good profit. Maybe, you know, I don't know what the dollar amount would be, but let's say it's a, 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 a nice dollar amount if I get a certain percentage of that. And then I can even go narrower there and say, you know what, now, now I'm narrowing that market even closer and say, you know what, this is the, the sum, you know, this is the market I can actually penetrate in and actually become a big, 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 you know, big player in. And you might go through that exercise and find out that if I'm, if I'm in North Dakota, maybe, maybe that's not realistic for me. And maybe it's not a realistic goal, you know, for that market. And so that's, I think that's where you're getting at Lee. It's important to understand the, the, the overall market, what the market contains in order so you can directly dive into it. It's interesting. So your website is summit CPA. Dot net. You are in the summit city of Fort Wayne, Indiana. Yes. <laughs> and uh, is the virtual CFO, obviously that's a, uh, with remote working and all of that, it, I assume mm-hmm. that your business is growing because it's a more acceptable way of doing business. It seems like since the pandemic, it's improved. It was hard going at first. It was real hard going. Yeah. When we um, started the virtual CFO back in 04, um, nobody knew what it meant. You know, we yeah. just kind of needed it. It was one of those things that it, it was just really hard to, hard to market. And so, you know, we, we, we kept up, we kept on it over and over and over really kind of developing it to where it really started picking up in about 2011, 2012 is when we really saw the, 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 the real big incline to where it became more of a, an acceptable thing. And, and if you look at all the CPA firms nowadays, they all have something like virtual CFO or outsource CFO or something like that on their website. Um, you know, because it is becoming more and more of a, a an acceptable way of doing business, and you know, it, with the uh, with their growth, our growth was about thirty three percent or above from two thousand ten and 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 going forward, uh, we double our size every three years. And so that kind of gives you the idea on, on growth and the acceptability of it. It's pretty pretty amazing. What I really like about these fractional services is it goes back to cash flow again, because it's mm-hmm. like if you go and try to if you do find somebody that you can hire internally. But then you hit a downflow or something like that. You need to make cuts. You're kind of like, oh, geez, it's like this is a big salary that I have here. What do I do with it? Whereas with the mm-hmm. fractional approach, something like that, that allows you then to manage the ebbs and flows of cash and of and of revenue and a little bit easier. Uh, that's why I really like these things. 100%. Because you know you'd spend $250,000 $250, plus for a, a really good CFO. And for fractional service, you're going to spend maybe $90,000, $100,000, depending upon the, the sale, the level of the company. And so it's significantly lower. And for that, a lot of times you get some added services like maybe tax or something like that to add add to it to make it even uh, softer. So, so you're right. Fra- you know, we love fractional services for sure. I mean, we're a little biased in that term. <laughs> yeah, just a little. <laughs> if, if people are interested in your services, how would you like them to reach out to you? What time yeah, time? feel free to have them just uh, either pop on our website at uh, www.summitcpa.net. We want .net instead of .com because we don't want to spend the extra money on it. Um, or uh, feel free to reach out to, to me personally and just drop me an email uh, at Jody, J-O-D-Y at summitcpa.net. I would be happy to schedule just a quick one-hour meeting with you to answer any questions you might have. This has been great. Jody. thank you so much for your knowledge and wisdom. Very interesting. Thanks, Audrey. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on iTunes, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at salesfuel.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.